There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. Rules in writing, words and cool stuff. This week, I have a meaty middle about animal sounds and a familect story. Let's get started. Here's a question for you. In what world do barag, toot, toro, ba, pao pao, and oo all mean the same thing? It's in the wild world of animal sounds and how they're expressed in different human languages. Those sounds I just made, they're all words for the sound an elephant makes when it trumpets, expressed respectively in English, Finnish, German, Italian, Japanese, and Russian. And this phenomenon, whereby an animal sound is expressed quite differently in different languages, isn't limited to elephants. For example, in English, we think of a mouse going squeak. But in German, it goes peep-peep. And in Japanese, choo-choo. And in English, we think of dogs going woof or ruff. But in Danish, they go vav-vav. In German, wow-wow. In Russian, gav-gav. And in French, ua-ua. I think I'm getting at least close with those pronunciations. Forgive me if I'm not. The diversity is so great that it inspired Derek Abbott, a professor at the University of Adelaide in Australia, to put together a giant online spreadsheet just to list them. When I was a child, said Abbott, it frustrated me that I couldn't find these types of words in a dictionary. That drove me to start creating my own list. He did this by polling scientists he met at international conferences and asking them what would be written in the text balloon coming from the mouth in cartoons of various animals. Clever. So far, 27 scientists from 17 different countries have answered him. Despite the strangeness of the request, Abbott says they're always delighted to help. So what gives? Why do different languages have such different versions of what are essentially the same sounds? Isn't everyone around the world just imitating observable natural phenomenon? Well, yes and no. The words for the sounds that animals make are onomatopoeias. That means they're formed from an existing sound and are intended to imitate that sound. For example, plink is an onomatopoeia. It's based on the real-life sound of water falling on a hard or metallic surface. Crunch is also an onomatopoeia. It's based on the sound of something dry, like leaves or crackers being compacted. 
But onomatopoeic words aren't created in a vacuum. They're created using the existing sound system of a language. A sound system, also known as a phonemic system, is the collection of sounds and sound combinations that are used over and over again in a given language. For example, the sound system of Spanish includes the rolling R you hear in the words perro and roja. That sound doesn't exist in English, as you can probably tell by how badly I just did it. German includes a vowel sound made of O-E you can hear in the name Goethe. That sound doesn't exist in English either. And some African languages include clicks and stops that are heard in hardly any other languages worldwide. These sound systems are learned very early in life. Even before babies can speak real words, their babbling mimics the sounds and intonations they hear every day. In fact, that's why adults who learn a second language have such a hard time speaking it without the accent of their native language. The muscles of their vocal organs have been conditioned since birth to form the sounds that are distinctive to their language. It can be almost impossible to train them to perform the movements needed to express new pronunciations. All of this helps explain why different languages have developed different words for animal sounds. In short, the phonemic system of a particular language puts a boundary around how onomatopoeic words can be formed. To put it another way, our animal sounds are really interpretations, filtered through the limited number of phonemes our languages possess. Linguist Erica Okrant has a YouTube video that provides some great examples of how this works. In Japanese, she notes, words can't begin with a Q-U sound, so a duck can't say quack-quack. Instead, the sound of a duck in Japanese is rendered as ga-ga. Likewise, she notes Japanese doesn't allow the combination of a D and an L sound. So roosters can't cry cock-a-doodle-doo. Instead, in Japanese, they say koki-koko. Another linguist, Anthea Fraser-Gupta, points out that in Mandarin Chinese, words can't end with an F sound. So dogs don't say woof in Chinese. They say wang. Words for animal sounds also, to an extent, reflect the role that animals play in a given culture. Derek Abbott tells us that one of the things that surprised him when making his spreadsheet of animal sounds was the obsessive diversity of dog sounds in English. There's woof-woof, ruff-ruff, yap-yap, arf-arf, bow-wow, and yelp and yip. Other languages have many fewer words. Greek, for example, has just one, gov-gov. Dutch has two, and they're almost identical, waf-waf and woof-woof. We don't know exactly why this is, but it could be because of the outsized role that dogs have played over the years in the lifestyles and cultures of English-speaking countries. Similarly, Swedish is the only language on Abbott's chart to have a sound for the noise a moose makes— Brule. This may be because there are more moose in Sweden per square kilometer than in any other country in the world. So that's your tip for today. The names we give animal sounds aren't straight-up imitations of those sounds. They're interpretations of those sounds, filtered through the phonemes of a given language. That's why each language's interpretation of those sounds may be different. Why are there different sound systems in different languages? That's a bigger question and one for another podcast. 
Until then, I hope the neighborhood dog doesn't ooh-ooh-ooh at you, because if you're speaking Japanese, that would mean it's growling. The animal sounds all came from freesound.org. The elephant was by Vata, the water dropping was from Besku, and the crunching was from Inspector J, who can also be found at jshaw.co.uk. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Next, I have a kitchen table lingo story. Here's Abby. Hi, Mignon. My name is Abby Summer. I live in Racine, Wisconsin. Um, I was calling to talk to you about my family slang. Both of my parents grew up in Buffalo, New York, and they were from mixed Polish, German, Italian ancestry. And we live now here in Wisconsin, and I'm the only person I know, my family is the only people I know, who call the little twist ties that you get for the produce bags at the grocery store a gitchy, G-I-T-C-H-Y. Um, they swear that that's what everybody called it. It was the old um, immigrant slang back in Buffalo back in the, in the 60s. But uh, when I say it to other people around here, just because it's the normal way that my family talks, they all look at me like I have three heads. So, uh, but the funny thing is that I have a three-year-old daughter and I heard my dad say it to her the other day when we were at their house and she knew exactly what he was talking about. So it's obviously getting passed down to a new generation, the Gitchy. So what a cool project this is listening to everybody's family slang. I can't wait to hear the stories. Hope you're well. Thanks. Thanks, Abby. If you'd like to share your familect story, the story about a word that your family and only your family uses, you can leave a voicemail at 833214girl. That's 833214girl, and you might hear it on the show. Be sure to tell me the reason your family uses the word, because that's always the best part. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. This show is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network, and you can find articles that go with each major segment of the show at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening.
Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.